hope everybody had a pretty good week. Family stayed well for the most part. <laughs> I'm telling you, this stuff's bad. The, the flu has gone around several times in the last several years that I remember. I just don't remember it being this bad. I don't know. I, I, I just don't think that it's killed as many people as this virus has anyway. If you have your Bibles this morning, let's turn to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Let's start with verse 12. I think we went down through 14 before. Back in, back on the sixth or something like that. Took a break for Christmas. Romans chapter six, beginning with verse twelve. Paul says, "Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its desires." And do not offer any parts of it to sin as weapons for unrighteousness. But as those who are alive from the dead, offer yourselves to God and all the parts of yourselves to God as weapons for righteousness. For sin will not rule over you because you are not under law but under grace. Stop right there for a little while. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your many blessings. God, we just ask you to give us the strength to say no to temptation that leads us to commit sin. God, uh, give us the strength of your Holy Spirit to reject evil. Lord, we, uh, we claim to be your children. Help us to be good examples of that before the world and other people. Lord, we uh, just ask you to be with us this morning as we look at your word and study. God, uh, may your word work in our hearts to make us stronger in our relationship with you. God, that we might live lives that are pleasing to you. And we'll give you the glory for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in uh, chapter 5, Paul uh, says that uh, where sin abounds, God's grace superabounds, if you will. No matter how great the sin, God's grace is greater. There is hope for all men. <laughs> I've seen some folks I, I doubted that about. <laughs> uh, scripture says anyone can, uh, can be saved if they'll uh, give their hearts to Jesus. Um, some people take advantage and twist this teaching about salvation to mean something that it doesn't mean. They just, uh, they think everybody's going to be saved. 
and they can do anything they want to and get away with it. God's going to forgive them of their sin. And uh, they, they try to, they do teach that. Uh, and uh, by sinning, <laughs> if you will, they uh, sin more and more to prove how gracious God is in forgiving all of that sin. And uh, they're, they're, they're nuts. <laughs> I mean, just to use common vernacular, that, that's just about all I can figure. Uh, they haven't read their Bibles for sure. Uh, and uh, if they have, they've uh, misconstrued it real bad. Uh, Paul addressed this heresy in this passage that uh, we don't have the right as Christians, to live sinful lives. Paul's day, people didn't join the church like we do. You know, we, in, in our circles as Baptists especially, we walk down an aisle and we, uh, we jump, make a, a profession of faith if we're not saved and uh, get baptized and we join the church. If we're a member somewhere else, we go down and uh, get permission from the church to become their members uh, we uh, would go through that ritual. Then, um, in, uh, in Paul's day, in order to become a member of a church, you had to get saved and submit yourself to baptism because not, not too many folks had been baptized. That's a, a baptism uh, is a picture of the death and the burial and resurrection of the Lord. And uh, we, we remember that every time we baptize. I do. That... Uh, when Jesus died, he was buried under the water, and he was resurrected to new life. Uh, and that's a, the picture of that. Uh, and we're freed from the bondage of our sin. And uh, because of that, <laughs> uh, because of what happened to us, we ought to live righteous lives. Verse 12 says, no longer give uh, yourselves to sin. Uh, my goodness, folks, uh, don't let sin reign in your body so that you obey its desires. Uh, no longer give yourselves over to sin to obey it. And uh, as, as a minister and a pastor, I see uh, a whole lot of folks, church folks, that uh, live sinful lives. And uh, they think nothing about it. Uh, I don't know. Y'all probably know some of those folks that uh, are members of various churches. They just do anything they want to. Uh, I've done some things that uh, I wasn't proud of as a church member I know. And uh, I had to get right with God to make all of that better. Uh, to make it right with him. Uh, but uh, the scripture is very clear about that. When we become Christians, when we become children of God, we shouldn't obey our flesh anymore. We should obey God. We don't, uh, we don't take part in sinful behavior. Now, <laughs> you, can take a, you can take an inventory, if you will, or, or whatever, a survey among Christian people, and ask them what sinful behavior is, and you get a lot of different answers. There are a lot of things that uh, that God considers sinful behavior that we don't consider sinful behavior anymore. 
Uh, and it's okay to do that, but uh, it may be okay in the eyes of the world, even in the eyes of the church, but it's not okay uh, uh, in the eyes of God. So we, uh, we need to make an effort to look in the Scripture and find out exactly what God considers sinful behavior. And uh, that's, I think that's one reason we steer away from studying the Bible the way we should. We don't like for people to tell us when we're doing wrong, especially God, because we're going to have to straighten up. Uh, we, uh, God described it as becoming weapons of righteousness when we get saved. We ought to be voices for good and not evil. When people see us and all of our activities and, and uh, things that we do, they ought to see nothing but good, the good of the Lord. And uh, so many people, uh, I've had them tell me, well, I don't come to that old church down there. I'm just as good as anybody you've got down there. I behave better than a lot of them. I don't drink and I don't carouse around and, uh, and uh, go to clubs and out with strange women and all that kind of stuff. I don't do all of that. You got church members down there. I can, I can take you to the club on Saturday night and, and show you. They may show up on Sunday morning with red eyes and a hangover, but they're there. And they're not lying. They're telling the truth. It's unfortunate. And Paul said, uh, <laughs> don't do that. You should become a weapon of righteousness and uh, get away from the sinful behavior. And uh, some people say, well, preacher, I just can't stop that. Well, you know what you're saying? If you say just, you can't quit some sort of sin or another, you can't quit, you're saying, I'm not really saved because the power of God not in me. The power, if the power of God's in you, you can quit any sin. You can stop sinning if the power of God dwells in you. It may not be easy for you, but it can be done. Trust me. It can be done. Been there, done that. If you're saved and you're under grace, you're not bound by the law of God, according to verse 14. And some people take that as permission to do what they want to. And uh, folks, I'm going to tell you something. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus carried the law one step further than it was uh, written and uh, had become to the Old Testament church. And uh, this is a quote from a, a book that I read. In Christian discipleship, the ethical imperatives are based upon our actual relationship to Christ. We are not confronted with a higher ethical code and then ordered to keep it on our strength only. The walk of grace is the day-to-day -day issue of the life of grace. Christian ethics are the experience of a relationship with Christ. If a Christian fails morally, it's not because the needed power was not available. It was because it was not appropriated. Folks, this old excuse that Flip Wilson used to use about the devil made me do it. <laughs> Y'all remember, we giggled at that. But I, I'm going to tell you something. 
I've heard, I've heard a lot of uh, people use that excuse. I've, I've heard Christians use that excuse. The devil made me do it. Look, we live in, in, in the authority and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. The devil can't make us do anything. He can tempt us. But what does the scripture say? Get thee behind me, Satan. Leave me alone. And we can do that because of the power of Jesus. Verse 15 <laughs> uh, doesn't uh, seem to permit, if you look at that, what then should we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? Absolutely not. Verse 15 doesn't, doesn't, does not give us permission to sin. Grace is not a permit to do what we want to do, to live a sinful life. And some people take it as that. We, we think that after we come under God's grace, we can do anything we want to. It doesn't encourage sin. It removes sin, and it should convict us when we do something wrong, something sinful. And, folks, I see a lot of Christian people that live sinful lives who are never convicted about the sin in their lives. They need to examine their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because if they belong to Jesus, the sin that they commit, God's going to thump them on the head. He's going to get their attention. And if they're listening, they'll change. If they're His, they'll change. It may not be easy and it may take a while, but if they're His, they'll change. That's just a simple fact. Look at the examples in the, in the Scripture. Look who... Men like Paul were. I mean, here was a man who, <laughs> he was a devout Jewish man. He was a religious man. He thought everything was okay, but he was sinning against Christ and against God himself. And what happened to him? Uh, <laughs> out on the road one day going to do some more of that evil, God <laughs> knocked on his door and he fell down. Didn't he become blind? And... Uh, God had a little chat with him, and he didn't fix him until he got right. That, we, look, we're no different. God will treat us with the same contempt and the same love that he did Paul if we'll just walk in his grace day by day. That's, that's what he wants us to do, is to live a life that is typified by grace, His grace. People ought to know who we are and why we are. Uh, the, the simple matter is that uh, Christian ethics is just, it's an example of our faith. It's who we are. Uh, I've had people ask me, well, why don't you do that? Why don't you do this? Why don't you go with us there? Why don't you take part in this, that, or the other? And... Uh, it's real easy after a while uh, when you uh, are confronted enough by those things. It's real easy to say because I'm a Christian. Because Jesus would frown on it if I did that. Uh, they may look at you a little funny and a lot of them won't have anything to do with you after that. But that's okay too. Leave sin alone, the scripture says. If a Christian fails morally, <laughs> it's not because 
as I said, it's not because the need for the power to say no to sin wasn't available because when we get saved, according to what I read and I believe, when we get saved, the Holy Spirit moves into our lives, moves into us. And when we're confronted with sin, there's a little voice in there from the Spirit that says, no, don't do that. It's not because that Spirit's not there and available. It's because we didn't appropriate it, if you will. We didn't listen to it. God tells us no a lot of times, don't do that, and we do it anyway. We're just like a bunch of spoiled children sometimes. You've, you've seen children that, <laughs> that you could tell them no. <laughs> it, it used to tickle me to, to watch the little ones and watch ours. They, they reach out for something they're, supposed, they're not supposed to get. They're not supposed to touch. They know they're not supposed to touch it, and they're looking at you all the time. They wait on you to tell them no. Well, we as Christians do the same thing. We know we're not supposed to do some things, and we, we look at God and say, well, this will be all right just this time, won't it? And, and we just keep on going, and we get a hold of it. And uh, unlike getting a hold of Mama's pretty thing and dropping it on the floor and breaking it, when we get a hold of something God doesn't want us to do, it can ruin our lives completely. It can destroy us in our witness, in our walk with Him in life. Uh, verse 15 uh, says, What then? Should we sin because we are not under law but under grace? Absolutely not. We do not have God's permission to do whatever we want to do. God's grace doesn't permit or encourage sin. Sin that the law forbids. You know, the Old Testament gave us those <laughs> wonderful Ten Commandments. And if, if, uh, if the Jewish people had ever learned to convey that message to other people and to use that themselves and live by that, there wouldn't have been any need for Jesus to come. But that didn't happen. The world got worse and worse and worse because we, we began to excuse what we did and uh, we, uh, we permitted uh, a lot of things that we shouldn't have. We even encouraged it. Uh, men did. Uh, and uh, Paul says, sin's no longer a master of ours. When we get saved, it's not the master. Uh, and we shouldn't obey its commands any longer. Now, we need to get this through our old hard heads. We should, we're, not, we're not slaves of sin anymore. We're, we shouldn't be obedient to it. Uh, Jesus is our master, and we should obey him. Verses 17 and 18 uh, talk about uh, how we should express our gratitude for what, uh, what God has done for us. But thank God, verse 17 says, But thank God that although you used to be slaves of sin, you obeyed from the heart that pattern of teaching you were transformed to, and having been liberated from sin, you became enslaved to righteousness. Now, if we had our mindset as men and women of God, of church men and women, to do the right thing, we would consider ourselves slaves to God. Now, I don't know anything about slavery much because <clears throat> of the time period when I was born. 
but I can read about slavery and I can watch some of these movies and things about how people uh, treated their slaves. And uh, slaves were expected to be obedient and they weren't expected to, expected to dilly-dally around. When the master told them to do something, they were supposed to be, yes, sir, or yes, master. <laughs> we see these, these old slave movies around here. It's just, yes, master. And if, it, if they didn't say yes and do what he wanted them to, to do immediately, what did they get? They usually got a whip or lashes. They certainly didn't go without punishment. And uh, the, the description that's given to us uh, here uh, should uh, strike us the same way. When we, uh, when we become slaves of Jesus, we are subject to his correction, if you will. Sometimes it's not real pleasant. I don't know if y'all have ever been on the the receiving end of some hard correction or not from the Lord. I have, uh, and uh, it's not real pleasant. Uh, as you uh, can tell in the scripture, uh, grace isn't a permit to do evil things. Sin no longer our master. It doesn't tell us what to do. We don't have to do what it says. We're freed. And, you know, in uh, 1865 or whenever it was when they freed all the slaves, uh, a lot of them didn't know what to do because they'd never done anything on their own. Uh, they had to learn to live life again. Well, folks, a lot of times to, to sinners that get saved, sinners have to learn how to live again too because the way of life that they had is not the new life that they do have. And they have to learn to do things uh, over again in the right way and sin is is not our master and we don't have to obey what the devil says uh, in verses 17 and 18 uh, there's a gratitude that is expressed for salvation that is is our uh, and we have a new master righteousness becomes our new master we're supposed to do what the scripture says do we're supposed to do what jesus says do and it's easy for us because we don't have somebody like a mama or a daddy or an authority like a, an officer in the military standing over our shoulder making sure we do exactly what we're supposed to do. That's not there. We, we can't see Jesus and we don't think about, well, you know, if I do this, what he's going to do to me? Well, and a lot of times when we do something wrong, it doesn't happen right away. Jesus uh, Correction is not noticed by us right away, but <laughs> Dr. R.J. Lee preached a sermon one time, and uh, an old church member of mine years ago had a, a copy of that thing on tape. I listened to it. I don't know. It's almost two hours long. It was called Payday Someday. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> you listen to a message like that, you'll understand. You, we can't do anything that God doesn't notice. And every evil, every sin we commit, we're going to pay for one way or another at one time or another. Now, sinners without Jesus Christ are going to pay the ultimate price of hell and the torment of 
hell for an eternity. Those of us, those of us who have godly parents, and I mean heavenly godly parents, our God is in heaven. He's our, he's our heavenly parent. If we have him as a parent, it's going to be just like us. Now, most of us down here in the south, we understand about discipline at the house. I didn't do what I wanted to and get away with it all the time. I, I didn't, you know, I had to get permission to do some things. And if I did some things that I weren't, wasn't supposed to do, you know what happened? Probably the same thing happened to y'all. Mama and Daddy one got me in a room back there with a belt. I don't know whether kids know what a belt whooping feels like now. Or a good switching on bare legs. <laughs> I don't know whether too many of them know anything about that. You know what they'll do if they get that today, they'll call the law and claim abuse. Kids get taken away from their parents for getting whipped today. I'm not talking about beating. I'm talking about just a normal whipping like I used to get. If, <laughs> now, I never got beat across the back or beat on the face or anything like that, but I'm going to tell you what, my rear end and my legs sometimes would get striped in red, and I didn't want to mess with mom and daddy. Daddy didn't get me much, but when he did, it was a good one. You know, I mean, and that's, I'm not trying to make God out to be that kind of a parent with that kind of faults. God's judgment against us is fair and it's truthful and what he gives us is for our benefit to correct us and point us in the right direction. And sometimes that doesn't get it. Sometimes that doesn't get it. Sometimes a good thump on the head that knocks you to your knees will get your attention. God do that. He'll get our attention. If we belong to him, he's going to get our attention. And he's going to point us in the right direction. Sin no longer is our master. And we don't have to obey it. We don't have to do what it commands. Uh, uh, verses 17 and 18 <clears throat> express the, the gratitude for our salvation and our new master. <laughs> we have a new master now called righteousness. Jesus is our master now. Um, as, as Paul comes to the end of uh, this part of Scripture uh, in uh, verses 20 and 23, it's kind of a summary of what he's teaching and uh, the moral consequences of uh, justification by faith. Uh, listen to, to these last verses. Verse 20 is for when you were slaves of sin, you were free from allegiance to righteousness. So what fruit was produced then from the things you are now ashamed of? For the end of those things is death. But now, since you have been liberated from sin and have become enslaved to God, you have your fruit which results in sanctification. And the end is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's one of the first verses of Scripture we learn to memorize, Romans 6.23. When we're witnessing to people, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And we need to, we need to make that uh, something that is real to us. 
and understand that we're no longer under the bondage of sin, but under the liberation of God and the freedom. Nearly everyone, nearly everyone can have a, a moment of misbehaving. Uh, I'd, I don't think I can go through a week without thinking something that I shouldn't think or doing something I ought not to do. I don't know about y'all, but I'm, I'm human, and, and I, sometimes I take part in disruptive behavior. And sometimes I can see idiots on a football field do something they ought not to do, especially when I'm watching Mississippi State. And boy, <laughs> I have to do some repenting later on. <laughs> Makes me mad, <laughs> and um, I'm I'm just human like anybody else. And sometimes our humanity <laughs> takes over control of of how we act, and uh, we have to we have to get right about that. Uh, that uh, not a, a consistent <laughs> problem that we have shouldn't be. Uh, problem behaviors. Uh, can vary in severity. We've seen some people that just misbehave without any thought of what they're doing or how wrong it is or how it hurts anybody else. And uh, I guess being in my position, seeing some of the things that I've seen, uh, men that uh, men that drink habitually, women too, as far as that's concerned, uh, and are abusive to their spouses and their children are in that category. And some of those people uh, call themselves Christian and uh, they have problem behaviors and uh, they, have to, <laughs> they have to deal with God's severity because if you belong to God and you're living a life of sin or commit sin uh, that uh, is unrepented of, God's gonna get your attention I promise you, God's going to get your attention. And uh, when He corrects you, you've been corrected. And uh, we need to we need to take that seriously. Uh, that behavior can occur in children as well as adults. Folks, I'm going to say, tell you something. Y'all know too. <laughs> you just uh, <laughs> you just get around a bunch of kids and their parents today. And watch. Just take notice. Kids don't pay any attention hardly anymore to their parents. They're going to do what they want to, regardless of what mama says, regardless of what daddy says, and they do it without any consequences. My mama didn't think anything about me doing something wrong except grabbing me right in the middle of God and everybody and tanning my hide right there. I've been whipped in public more than one. And it's embarrassing. People don't do that anymore. I don't know whether it's shame or what it is, but people don't do that anymore. We just, we grow up with that attitude, and we think we can get away with that even with God. We can do what we want to, and He won't get us. He gets. He's going to get us for sure. Problem behaviors. Uh, vary uh, and uh, people with problem behaviors require intervention that's a word we hear about so much today intervention you know you have to you have, they have to be confronted and uh, talk better or whatever 
they, they have to come face to face with their sin in order to improve. And some people, really, I'm folks, look around you in the world today, you, you know people who think there's not anything wrong with their bad behavior. They don't think there's anything wrong with it. They'll, and I've had some of them tell me, well, preacher, I'm not hurting anybody else, even if I'm hurting myself. Well, that's no excuse, is it? Not before God, anyway. And this uh, intervention that we need as Christians especially, and as sinners most especially, the intervention we need is from the Holy Spirit. And when He comes knocking, we need to listen. But, you know, we do God just like we see these children doing their parents. God comes knocking, He said, and we don't pay any attention. And we don't pay any attention. And I've seen people brought to their knees, literally, through illness or accidents or things like that, and they still won't pay attention to God. Now, some people hear me say things like that and, and, and perceive me saying that, that God's mean and hateful and does things to people like that. Most of the time, God has a purpose in allowing things like that or doing things like that to get our attention and to bring us to a point of intervention with Him. We need to be right with God, and He wants us to be right with Him, and He'll do most anything to bring us to that point. Parents that won't do that with their children, we talk about them bad when we get to the house, don't we? <laughs> you know, his mama should have done so-and-so, his daddy should have done so-and-so. I mean, we talk bad about them behind their back. And uh, <laughs> you think the devil kind of laughs and giggles and says, I told you, God, he ain't no good. <laughs> she ain't no good. I told you. Y'all just let me have them. We don't know what goes on in the spiritual realm, but it's, I think it's, it's very similar to what goes on in our physical realm, the way we act uh, as sinners and uh, otherwise. We need to pay attention to our lives, that we are good examples, sinless examples to our young people, to our fellow adults, to everybody, our bosses and everybody else. There ought not to be any question about anybody's boss that is a Christian trusting them. That ought to be just matter of fact uh, for a Christian. Uh, anybody, your neighbors or anybody else, the, the wives and the husbands should be able to trust each other implicitly, without any exception, in any area of their lives. But what do we see so many times today, supposedly, Christian couples getting split because one or the other of them had an affair? Well, that just, you know, I'm not going to say temptation doesn't exist. It may be there, but you know what? In the power of God living in us, we can say no to anything the devil throws at us. We can, if we just would. And that's what God wants us to do. That's the intervention I'm talking about. Calling on the Holy Spirit, the strength we have in us through the Holy Spirit to say no to sin. We need to do that on a regular basis. Now, I don't know what time it is. It's time to quit. <laughs> 
I need a clock back here. I'm used to having one where I can see it because I'm bad about not looking at my watch. <laughs> we get to, get to rattling on. I rattle on sometimes, okay? Let's stand, okay? Uh, hope you all have a, a great day and a, and a good week. And uh, Say no to sin every chance you get. <laughs> hope you don't have too many chances to be confronted with it. Oh. Well, we're waiting on Herschel to get up if he can. <laughs> Bless his heart. <laughs> it's kind of hard with them old stiff joints, isn't it? <laughs> okay. You dismiss us, please, sir.